0: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: So, Clint. Yeah. Jacob. Yes. Did you watch the opening ceremonies? Enough, Yeah. I
0: would say. What did you see? I saw one shirtless Tongan and one Korean mythical bird that has the face of a very handsome man.
1: Excellent. I also saw the shirtless Tongan and then I saw... 97 versions of the same joke, which were all nothing but respect for my president, (laughs) 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 which made me laugh really hard. Uh, I did not see the bird. I did see the lights covering that stadium that said, thank you for coming. It was very polite. Um, well that's
2: what you get when you set the Olympics yeah. in Wisconsin. And I
1: and I saw Kim Jong-un's sister sitting behind Mike Pence, but I tried really hard to not see Mike Pence in this photo. Didn't he photo not I saw. stand
2: for the Korean team? Yeah. yeah.
1: Clint, no. you you did not.
2: A lesson I learned last night is that I have a perception filter where sports events are concerned, where I just will not recognize that it's happening mm. until it's already have happened. I have I'm like oh, opening ceremonies of what? <laughs> so you're not a patriot. You no, say. no. <laughs> I'm not. I hate America. Or Everybody or I would
0: money. guess a Philadelphia Eagle. No. <laughs> Another sports joke. <laughs> ah! uh,
1: I have my sports filter settings are uh, custom. Okay. I, I went in and I tweaked them in the advanced uh-huh. tab, right? Where I have no idea sports is going on with a few exceptions. Anything that involves figure skating, hence mm. this, mm-hmm. right? Um, anything that involves the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anything
2: that involves Tonga.
1: Um, well, no, just that specific. Tongan. Oh, man. yes. Okay, that makes um, sense. But that's, no, that's just that's just nature. That not, has nothing to do with my favorite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I will also pay attention to any old football that involves Barry Sanders, former member of the Detroit Lions. And the last setting is uh, anything that makes sure, any awareness that ensures that I do not end up on a train full of drunk Cubs fans. Oh, my yeah.
0: filter is every time there is a big game, no matter what sport, like I don't watch any of the regular season, any of the regular games, the big game, I will watch and I will be completely invested in. World Series, Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The good thing about the Olympics is they are all big games. So every single event, I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. This is the curling championship. The best curlers in the world. And then I immediately, I'm like, I'm a fan of them because they have my flag, and then I don't have to care. It's easy. It's really easy.
1: Uh, welcome to TV party! Do you think we're done with our bit now? Welcome to TV Party, a podcast from the Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Allison Shoemaker.
0: I'm Clint Worthington. I'm Jacob Aller.
1: And we are going to be talking about television on a podcast, which is why you're listening, because it's a podcast about television. If you were here for something else, I don't, if it's for great, if it's for Olympics level cursing, yes. then you are in the right place. Fuck yes. Hey, speaking of cursing in COS, somebody <gasps> got really pissed about all the fucks in my Fifty I Shades saw. review. Yeah, what? I'm in the big leagues now. that? Oh, yeah. that comment was, was golden. I haven't actually read it because I don't read COS comments uh-huh. because I'm not an idiot. Why would you? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read AV Club comments. To be fair, two of well,
2: the, the other two comments are positive.
1: Wait, there were three whole comments. Three whole comments,
0: right, and two of them are positive. And they were okay. all about the amount of fucks that you used. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they said, oh, this is the exact right amount of fucks. Yeah, yeah. yes.
1: It includes the Phrase, I'm really proud of this, so I'm just gonna tell you this isn't humble bragging, this yeah, is yeah, straight yeah. up bragging. I have never felt better at my job. <laughs> it includes the phrase, Rococo, fuck palaces. Yeah, Oof. and it's just that's it, I've peaked. Yeah, that's There's it. There's nothing after this. Yeah, so
2: this is the si- last
0: episode of TV Party.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thanks and the so much first for
0: episode of Rococo, fuck palaces.
2: <laughs> <Yes! laughs> We are
1: pivoting. Yes, It's a good pivot. Well, luckily, we'll also be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, so everything's mm-hmm. fine. Hooray! Um, this week, Jacob Aller is joining us, which is amazing. He yes. writes for Paste and other things.
2: A million other places. He's in I'm the very league. tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're all very tired. It's very early in the morning uh, for a Saturday. Remember
1: when we used to watch TV for fun is the official <laughs> TV party catchphrase. Yeah. Um. So what we're going to do is talk about some things that happened on TV this week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. We're going to try to work roku. Go fuck palaces in again, and it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, some um,
2: good old RFPs.
1: But I'm interested to know, gentlemen, what your favorite thing on TV was this week. But I think perhaps we are ought to, ought to start with the consensus big episode of the week, <laughs> the thing everyone's talking about, the buzz, the chatter, the um, exhaust. The I'm trying to think of. Oh, a, the oh, the 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 um, unexpected. It's it's so present. It's like. It's like smoke in the air. Yes. No, too much? No, I don't know. We're talking about the This This Is is Us Super Bowl episode. I liked
0: your slow-cooked intro to that. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) I thought it
1: was less of a slow cook and more of a slow burn.
2: Oh, Oh, no. I will say your references are lit.
1: Oh, God.
2: (sighs) Good night, everyone. This is the last episode of TV Party. You
1: are on fire. What?
2: I'll be fine, though, for a little bit. And then I'll die later. Uh, I
1: want to start this conversation by giving a little shout out to contributor Caroline Seda,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who exactly predicted what was going to happen Incredible. on the episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly, exactly. It's probably because
0: she's a smart lady who she watches is a fuckload of TV. She, does
1: watch, she watches a, <laughs> a Rococo Fuck Palace's mm-hmm. worth of TV yeah. and, um, and pays attention to... TV dramas in particular, and like right. if Grey's Anatomy taught her one thing, it's the dangers of smoke inhalation. Indeed, but she indeed. called Is my it grandmother exactly. taught me
0: anything. It's the dangers of smoke
1: inhalation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, Graham. Aww, so Nana. let's talk about that Super Bowl episode. Sure. Rest in peace, Jack Pearson. He was already dead, but now we know how he died. Even mm-hmm. though we sort of already knew how he died because they did not set this up subtly.
2: They. Preface it in the episode prior really heavily, which we mentioned in the first episode. But now but now in the time between recording that and now, it's happened. We know. And there's actually been an episode since that I haven't seen um, where they sort of deal with the fallout. Where they just cry
0: for half they, an hour.
2: Yeah, well, that's the whole show. So what happens in the Super Bowl episode is, yeah, the fire happens. The episode starts with a fire and, you know... Literally every single second of this, you're thinking, this is when it's going to happen. This is when it's going to happen. Like some beam is going to bonk him in the head and he's going <laughs> to die in a fire. But he has to like get all of the different kids out. That beautiful like Jack Hero moment. He has to have the kids help him out. Um, and the, the, he gets all the kids out and they're all out. But... Chrissy Metz's character is like, Oh, my dog's still in the house. And
1: this is at this point we should stop oh, yes. and mention that we're gonna be talking about spoilers. Oh from sorry. But yes. this is a Super Bowl episode. So that is your official Michael Snydell alert. Yeah, the Snydell alert. Um, we are going to put at, at at specific request of just a person. I yeah, don't know a who. person
2: whose name we will not mention on and the show. And also because it's common
1: decency, we're going to yeah. put timestamps for when we're talking about specific shows. So if you're not caught up on say RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah, which you should get caught up on because it's excellent. Um mm. RuPaul mm-hmm. ASMR. Oh, that's really good. Um, we will have that, and you can skip ahead. Anyway, if you don't want to know about what exactly happened to Jack Pearson, this would be a point to check the timestamp and move
0: on ahead. Yeah, and we will I, be calling back to it, so you better just you know yeah, keep your just, guard, keep your guard it. Yeah. Maybe just, just like pause and stay on guard at all Go time.
1: watch and come back. I don't know. We'll
0: have an alternate
2: bleeped <gasps> spoiler. I'll version tell you what. I have not
1: actually seen this episode yet, but uh-huh. when you start doing this, you lose. You're right to be worried about spoilers so like you can't yeah. spoil me on anything yeah um except well. for the good place don't fucking spoil the good place for me no no to. oh no i'm caught up i'm oh, saying well. when it comes back yeah. i watch the day it airs because i don't want to see anything but if mm-hmm. but say like something else is also on and i can't start it until like an hour and a half later i don't want you talking to me about the good place in those 90 minutes even yeah. that's the one oh that's
2: when i go in social media blackout the good
1: place is sacred. Anyway, uh, I have not seen this episode, so I'm going to pretend like I've watched it. Sure, sure. In the tradition of all great critics, I'm going to pretend I've already
2: seen it. Indeed.
0: It's I,
1: essentially a Terrence Malick film. So I have
0: only yeah. seen this episode. I have not seen any other episode <laughs> of This Is Us. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was like, this episode. There's a breadth of like, perspectives this, here. This show's fucked up. All they <laughs> yeah. do is spend a whole episode killing a character, and then I guess there's time travel? And then I was informed that there's been time travel all along. Ooh. And also he's been dead all along, so nothing changed in this episode.
2: No, no. We just get the answer of how. Long story short, Jack l- survives the fire. Um, but he yeah, he has a lot of smoke and he ends up dying of a heart yeah, attack. Like that in deep hospital. purple song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly like the deep purple song. In fact, this is just <laughs> an adaptation of the deep purple song. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) the time travel thing is just like you know the kids dealing with the fallout and i guess because because the super bowl is happening in the diegesis of the episode as well uh which i always think is funny when super bowl episodes take place on the super bowl because it was a super bowl party or it was super bowl night the night of the fire right
0: Right, um, which is why they were all in their bed safe and sound asleep. Right. Which credit
1: right. to this is us. The Super Bowl has been a thing the entire show. Oh, that's yeah. kind like of a the, move. the Pearsons oh, yeah. all watch football together. They're mm-hmm. giant Steelers fans. Well oh, oh, Sick Burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a part of the show's DNA from basically the beginning. Um yeah. so, and they talk about the Super Bowl a lot. Um mm-hmm. because football is such an important part of their Did they have it established
2: life. as like the milestone of like when Jack died though? Um I, I think, would think that they would color start their... if
1: my if memory serves, they start hinting at it a little. You definitely see a shot early in season two of Rebecca in the car, mm-hmm. um, obviously distraught but trying to keep it together in a Steelers jersey driving to the her burnt out <laughs> shell of her house.
2: <laughs> to be fair, that's the so, that's the
0: mode I'm in every time I'm in a Steelers jersey. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, like every time they flipped a coin, somebody broke down, every, <laughs> every time they saw a particularly funny commercial. There was just tears. <laughs> yeah. There is there are there are, like, Weiser, yeah. y- there
1: are there are references. I don't know that they ever explicitly say it was Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. But okay. um but knowing that I hey, I also I rewatched the pilot um in the last week and a half, mm-hmm. um which I haven't seen since it came out. And maybe the fourth shot of the episode is of that fucking slow cooker.
2: No kidding. <laughs> it's
1: the crockpot is like shot number four. They laid four. that egg. Ooh, you see it like ding, like right at the beginning. Ooh. It check was well. Check
0: out crockpot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you show check, crockpot check chili, Yeah,
2: check out chili. But the the rest of the episode is, is also really fascinating, and it was also the moment. It was also the episode where I realized that Mandy Moore is actually a good actress. Um, oh yeah, because I hadn't because I hadn't really seen a lot of her since like A Walk to Remember. Yeah, you uh, missed out on I've, a lot of Mandy
0: Moore in your life. I'm huh? sure, I'm sure I need to, it's something I need to rectify. You missed
1: out on it like Canday, yay, yay. No. You
0: missed out on God. the one Clone High episode that she's in. Oh, no. <laughs> most,
2: so so most people. But no, she has those, this wonderful moment where, I, I love the, the the actual reveal of Jack's actual death because it's so, for the show, understated in mm. terms of where there's just that, that delay and disconnect because she doesn't quite believe that it's happened. Like the doctor's...
0: She's just getting a candy bar. Right. And then when uh, I want candy, needle drops in. You're yeah. like, oh, that's kind of weird. That makes weird. sense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. the mouth.
2: <laughs> but I just love that little, like, because the doctor tells her and she just, like, absently, like, just takes a bite of candy bar because she is not, It's she's in full denial mode. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't linger on like jack's body or anything you see it in like a reflection i mean or no they
0: 100 percent. they move over to the hospital room and when yeah. they look at it it is in a white light <laughs> it is lying there and it is a dark room with a white light on a dead man and i was like oh <laughs> that is jesus's goatee um but it
2: is in, yeah exactly but um but you the, the the shot just focuses on mandy moore and she just gets to like capital A act and like shut down in that sort of Emmy nominated way.
0: I liked <laughs> when a major plot point of the episode revolves around how bad VHSs are.
2: I do, oh yes, that's right because she's trying to reconstruct that video uh, of, of Jack filming her singing. Yeah, that's, that's a
0: whole subplot. She's about, like, like I love VHS watching this tape. video of my dad and she takes it out and she's like, oh, the tape's all fucked up. <laughs> it's okay like, though. You're like, that's what you get. It's a VHS. We can put it on the cloud. Uh-huh, and then they have a oh, what's a cloud? Because... Yeah. They're, technology they're the movie sex tape i guess <laughs> oh, christ um retire it retire the joke tv writers everybody knows what the cloud is honestly there's really not much more to say about it other than like they just it's, it's been it's... so long going back and forth they're like well that's the well, format out of the show what
1: again i'm the one who hasn't seen this episode sure sure but yeah. I but it does seem to me as a person who again lives a life mm-hmm. in this i live in the spoiler zone wow. bitch yeah 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 um it's like living on the edge, but more depressing, and <laughs> yeah. it's, not as, it's not as fun. <laughs> we're skipping the revelation that the season has been cutting forward in time as well, because oh, yeah, that was the right. other big reveal of the episode, yeah? Yeah, the yeah. The revelation that we're seeing grown-up Tess uh-huh yeah I, don't think I, I, I didn't
2: I didn't connect to it so, as much but yeah from
1: a this is a watch watcher who hasn't seen this episode right. to yeah, someone yeah. who's seen this episode but doesn't watch the show cutting back and forth in time has been a part of the way the show is structured forever mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's a little m- much and sometimes it's really thoughtfully done surprisingly like kind of daringly for network tv mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that was in the pilot that was the big reveal is you didn't realize that you were seeing the parents of these three people until oh. the very end okay. um mm-hmm. Because they were like not, there were no VCRs in the footage. You couldn't tell. (laughs) But the Super Bowl episode also revealed that in this season we've occasionally been seeing into the future. And that was the first time that had happened. Mm -hmm. So it was always um, Rebecca and Jack as a relatively young married couple, somewhere between pre-kids, infants, 10-year-olds, and like teenagers. Mm -hmm. And um and the grown up life of the three siblings, and yeah, some yeah. there's an episode where they're in their twenties, but mostly it's like them as grown ups, right. not the being no, absolutely being a grown up. You're not a grown up when you're in your twenties. Never mind, it's not that anymore. Back. Yeah, yeah, um, it's the 21st century kind yeah. of yeah. I again haven't seen it, but was really mm-hmm. interested in that because after a while you're like, well, how many stories? I mean, I know like a whole lifetime's worth of stories, I guess, but how many stories yeah. can you really tell about Jack and Rebecca Pearson when they're young that relate to their kids when they're in their 30s or 40s, like? How mm-hmm. like how much longer can that go on?
2: Yeah, eventually they're going to age out of their parents' life experience. Sure, a bit, yeah.
1: But if we're also now cutting forward in time, that gives them a whole new yeah yeah. yeah. Is that something it- that you realized was happening? Like, did you have?
0: I I realized that the kids had grown up. Okay, because there was exactly one black man, and I said oh, I guess it's the same guy because this is on Uh network TV. Um, (laughs) But the only other things I remember about that episode was like someone stepped on a lizard and I was like, I guess that's a plot point. And then a handsome man cried by a tree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was another one of the. Yeah. He's one
2: of the kids. The kids. He was the one who was on crutches in the past. Okay. Which is a Uh, phrase I thought I'd never say. The
1: manny. It's like a show of good looking people.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's true. But uh, that but he's, particular handsome he's, man—he's the—he's especially Adonis-like. Kevin, the 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 guy who used to play the Green Arrow on Smallville. Oh,
1: uh-huh. I didn't realize that. Yeah,
2: and he was Aquaman in that pilot for the Aquaman show, Mercy <sighs> Reef. Whoa, co-starring Ving Rhames—that's a name and a half, right? That is a
1: deep dive. Was it a
2: hospital show? <laughs> yeah,
1: from the Wayback machine. So
2: excellent Aquaman pun for the deep dive. <laughs> so how long had the test... Um, flash back slash flash forward has been going on was that all season or was that something that I was no, just missing until this episode because um, I thought they introduced it this episode
1: Oh, I think I think there was one uh-huh. I think that in the last episode I watched there's one but I might mm-hmm. be wrong okay. I'm incredibly underslept
0: yes. I, have I this, think as are we who is yeah. Tess?
2: Uh, the, the little girl yeah, from the, the future the
1: older of the two kids Um, she's named after a ceiling fan
0: that's incredible. incredible. Yeah. So
1: Sterling K. Brown has two daughters okay. on the show. Uh-huh. Tess is the older one.
0: Maybe she was the one that stepped on the list. I did not really know what was going <laughs> on. Okay, well, let me I followed ask you the this. fire plot, and I was like, that dude died from smoke inhalation. You yeah. heard it here first. Very greys. Everything yeah, else I was grays. like. I guess everybody's just kind of dealing with it. Yeah. So,
1: as a person who doesn't watch the show, mm-hmm. did this one episode make you want to watch the show?
0: This show seemed like a commercial for crying.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and said, but aren't most commercials also
1: plot? commercials for crying?
0: Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, they're commercials for drinking if you watch the shows I watch. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, because... You know that was something I mentioned last week is that it's 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 constantly scored like a really sappy commercial, mm-hmm. like with that acoustic guitar thing. That uh, did I sound do a wonder- little bit like a Barnes and Noble coffee shop, yeah, a little a little bit. I'm just wondering where they go from here. I guess then they switch this thing to now adult tests and the lessons that they're going to learn in the
0: future. Well, I figured they just forecast more deaths, yeah, and then we'd have to figure it out, kind of like a really delayed. Action uh Final Destination movie. Oh, okay. Oh god. The
1: mystery of how Jack Pearson died is the is the only of its kind in this show. There are certainly like (laughs) other reveals, but it's not this isn't lost but with more crying. Although there's plenty of crying on lost.
2: There's plenty. There's a lot of crying on lost. Um Um, we have to go back.
1: Um, no, we really don't. Well, this, I feel like we're being—I haven't seen this episode, but I feel like we're being a little hard on poor old This Is Us. At the Be, yeah, maybe. I it's, mean, it's, this is also Jacob's inco- first impression it's of so it, right? No, I don't have hard. any. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't have any of the buildup, which I think is probably the most important part of the show. Like, I don't think yeah, this is no, a show it's of climax. Yeah, this is it's a show about build up. certainly Absolutely. like
1: any enjoyment that you take in the show is from investing in mm-hmm. the people, which mm-hmm. is pretty hard to to do. Which I don't do on regular shows.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because you're a sociopath. sociopath. Right. Uh, yeah, and yeah.
1: speaking of shows we don't invest in emotionally, this <laughs> is probably a good time to transition, yeah? <gasps> yeah. Take us
2: away, Clint. Sure. Um, so we're going to go into our individual picks, our personal bests of the week. And I'm going to pick a show that didn't actually air this week, nor did I actually watch it this week. But... <laughs> great. But did just come on streaming this past week, um, but I've seen it before, just not recently. And it is season two of The Expanse, Sci-Fi's mm. attempt at like doing a not classy, but like a sort of a, a sort of upscale premium cable drama. But set in space, it's also them attempting to like reassert their brand as a show that's actually about science fiction. Mm-hmm. I've I've enjoyed the show from the beginning, and I'm I'm caught up on it. I've seen all I've seen both seasons so far. They're they just finished filming season three. I'm sure it's going to come out at some point this year because that's usually when they put old seasons on streaming is when a new one's going to come out soon. But season two of The Expanse is now on Amazon Prime. I really really enjoy it. They found their footing. Um, they're going through the book series it's based on. It, they're doing a really interesting thing where the um, the books themselves are staggered. Like it's not a season, a book or a book, a season. Season one is the first half of the first book. So it doesn't really end on as much of a climax. Mm-hmm. The climax comes halfway through the second season. And then that's when they finish the first book. And then episode six, suddenly there's like a bit of a status quo change. And suddenly it's a different sort of show. But um, the ensemble's really coming together well. Um, I'm a huge fan of Shori Agdashlu, um, mm-hmm. who is in the show as this fucking, as this give no fucks like UN undersecretary who's trying to unravel this mystery. And she gets to swear a lot on sci fi, which is fantastic. They added
0: <laughs> fucks, unadulterated fucks on sci fi. That's right.
2: I'm very excited about it. And uh, yeah, no. It's just a really, really solid show. I think they're settling into a place where the quality of the actual drama of the show is catching up to like the production value and the performances. It still sort of deals with the fact that it's based on you know, sort of mill porn sci-fi a little bit, but now they're actually getting into some real human moments, and it's really interesting. And the guy from Mythbusters is a cameo, so who wouldn't love
0: it? Wait, which guy from Mythbusters? Uh, Adam
2: Savage. Oh. He's on one of like the ships that's like uh, exploring the mysterious thing that's floating over Venus. That'll make sense when you watch it. <laughs> but will it? S- suffer through the first four episodes. Like, I think the first time we do Just Do This for Me, it'll be the first five episodes of The Expanse. <laughs> I but thought it was
1: going to be Power Rangers. That's coming later. <laughs>
2: okay because i want to start you off on a, an actually good show before i do like i like the I, pilot of the expanse i think the pilot of the expanse is really pilot good pilot of expanse is really good but it's it's episode 4 where the pieces all fall into place okay. and like the the main cast of
0: characters is established and the, that status quo for the rest of the show like goes this, forward. what's his name uh Thomas, whatever does he Tom still Jane. have? The, yeah, he still
2: has the best hair in the
0: galaxy. Does he still have the hat? In the Seems pilot, night, Tom night Jane night wears night. a fedora to end all fedoras. Yeah, yeah,
2: and it, but it the, is an important part of his the character. Like,
1: er, fedora. Oh yeah.
0: He, okay. Well, because he he's his
2: story, his subplot. Because it's like three different stories. Because it's like it takes He's place, a sentient fedora. His is kind of like a film noir detective story in one of many as uh, space stations that are existing in the asteroid This is like Star Wars, but slightly pulled inward, where it all just takes place in the solar system a few centuries in the future earth is overpopulated mars is colonized by like a group of really militant people who just want nothing more than to like terraform it it's kind of like a gulch gulch in space a little bit where it's like all these perfect people with like a crazy good military and then like kind of a working class in the asteroid belt who've been in space for so long that their limbs are extended and they speak in this interesting sort of patois Cajuns, they're, long, long space they're, Cajuns. They're, yeah, they're space long Cajuns. space Cajuns, right. pretty much. Now I'm in. lotus Sasaki. It feels original enough that it's it, it escapes its various derivations, and um, I think it's great. And I think it's got some of the best um, space stuff, best like vis effects on TV right now. Yeah, I just I really like the Expanse, and I want more people to watch it so that it doesn't die. A, quick death.
0: I hope it doesn't either, because I'm gonna have to hear about it in the sci-fi comments of every article I write for them. It's true. Every time a show dies on sci-fi, militant fans, no matter what the Even if it deserves it, yeah. Yeah, they're like... Oh, ho oh, oh! Like Ryan Reynolds is voicing Pikachu. Why don't you get him to fucking save this show? And I'm like, I, I don't have that the power nothing. over this. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is the nonest of sequiturs. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'll go next. My pick for the week is God. I'm such a sucker for this kind of thing, and it was. And when it's well done, it's just perfect. Um, the third episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars called "The Bitchular." Um, <laughs> oh. So when you watch a lot of Drag Race, as I do, you recognize that there are there's a like a relatively small variety of challenges because they're all basically modeled on RuPaul's career. Mm. So there, there's always some sort of traditional comedy challenge. There's a comedy challenge that's closer to like an acting challenge. There's the Snatch Game, which I think <laughs> is next week, which is the fucking best thing <laughs> that it has ever been done on television ever. It's just a miracle. It's like a, a miracle of television. There are always like costume construction challenges. There's always like a self-marketing challenge, which is really interesting, where you have to basically like sell yourself this is one of the comedy adjacent challenges where you basically are playing a character and improvising and Uh in this case they did oh it's so delicious drag race does this i don't it's no fucking other reality show could pull it off (laughs) where it's a reality show that already parodies reality shows so like it's already an actual reality show that's also a meta reality show Mm -hmm. and for this challenge they then did a parody of a reality show (laughs) so it's a reality show making fun of reality shows that then makes fun of a reality show in this case the bachelor Mm -hmm. the guest judges were from the cast of unreal and so then there's also that right get Mm -hmm. it see it's layers on layers Mm -hmm. these queens because it's all stars they're all so good and oh my god these queens Just we're all playing archetypes, reality TV archetypes. Oh, perfect. God, Benda LaCrem, who's what is just killing it this season and is great and wonderful and amazing. And last week, I think we talked about her titty tassels on titty tassels on titty tassels, where like every bra (laughs) she took off, there were other. It was so funny, it was just great. In this case, she was playing a cougar. (laughs) <laughs> and got out of her limo, obviously drunk, carrying a cosmopolitan, flashing her junk everywhere, and would say things like, they call me bedtime beady because I like to put a big boy night-night. Like that. <laughs> um, at one point, she puts a banana in her mouth suggestively, then chews it up and spits it out and tries to feed it to him like he's a baby bird. <laughs> the best line she improvised was... <sighs> Have you ever tried to take out a catheter and it made me laugh so hard. But she's not the only one that's great. Kennedy Davenport plays like the crazy party girl and did this incredible job like patted a giant rack and a giant ass and was pulling like full bottles of vodka out from under her dress <laughs> and like stumbling around and passing out. Oh my god. It was there were a couple people who crashed really hard including the person who got eliminated which I will not spoil for you in a really like gratifying way. It was very satisfying. Yeah. For me. Mystery. Get the fuck out but, of here. But God, it was so funny. And then the runway, because there's also a runway. I feel like I'm trying to convert you both. I have no this idea if great. you watched Dragon Race. Yeah, yeah. yes. No, you're not I
0: watched, watched. one season.
1: Oh God. All stars is the best. <laughs> this runway was also reality TV commenting on reality TV because it was inspired by something another queen did at this point like six seasons ago, Roxy Andrews, who took off a wig to reveal another wig. Oh, I have seen that Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the coolest. (laughs) Never take off your wig unless you have another wig on underneath. So that was the point of this runway, was wig reveals. And several people went three wigs deep or had like a costume reveal Mm -hmm. too. So Bente Creme took off a short wig to reveal like a three foot long ponytail and then like pulled a thing on her dress and a dress made of hair fell down. (laughs) Aja, who was not great on the last season but is killing it this season, came out dressed like, God, it was like she stepped out of a manga and had this giant inflatable hair and took it off and then had another wig and then took that wig off and had another wig. (laughs) And then Kennedy Davenport did the same thing. Wig, wig, wig. It was just delicious it was so good. It was. It was. It was perfect, start to finish, and there was a exciting lip sync and some. There was some really good shade and a bunch of great line readings, and mm-hmm. I just am super on board. It was so <laughs> fun. I cannot stress this enough. RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars is fucking amazing. <laughs> anyway. Do you think I was enthusiastic enough? Because I'm not sure I did it justice. No, I think,
0: I I think, think you good. did. Yeah, that's going yeah. to no, make up for I, I, my lack of enthusiasm in my picks.
2: Ugh, yeah, I love it. No, that's I good.
0: Yeah. I uh, So I've got two, like, half picks okay. this week. <laughs> <Cool. Is laughs> that it, is that I, amounts to a full yeah, pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw what you two were doing. And I was like, I guess we can just do whatever we want. We're, we're just winging it, yeah. Right. So my picks are I love Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Black Lightning is fucking phenomenal. I haven't caught
2: up since the pilot, but the pilot was great. Because oh, I was sold on the, so good. Yeah, mm. he's very good. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I was sold on The Flash for a little bit, and Arrow never I never bothered with because it all felt like the same... Kind of samey yeah. nonsense. Well, I
2: feel like I owe something to Arrow for, like, it's starting all the other shows that I like more, but yeah. Right. It's there's it's a there's to,
0: like, the Arrowverse, and it's all this interconnected teen bullshit. And there's <laughs> Black Lightning who says, I'm in a black exploitation movie, and I'm here to kick some ass. And yeah. I'm talking about social issues. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, Black Lightning, here show me it. what you got. Right. They say his name in the theme song. It's all I give a shit about. <laughs> uh, he's got a cool villain. Who was the first albino black man on TV? Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in, on a, in stuff a recurring before, yeah. role, I think. Yeah, yeah, I thought I, uh, yeah, because be, he's been on be stuff
2: before. I'm trying to remember where he's he, he's, uh, he's was it like a guest role? No, I thought it was like regular roles, I don't remember where it was from. He's but a it,
1: friend of my not quite sister in law's because well, I'm wow. not married, so I guess like. Um, he's a friend of my sister. A friend of a stranger. Uh, uh, a stranger. Uh, sister of mm, Sis- unwedded <laughs> bliss. I don't know. Sister of- Son of none. Something, anyway. Well, yeah. he's, he's very he's good. He's very good. Yeah, he's and very good. And then Jill good. Scott, his boss. Oh, his
0: yeah. Jill yeah. Scott. Yes. Woo! Number She's one so ladies good. detective agency. Oh, I watched that show. I love her. She's yeah. great. Actually, every actress on that show is
2: yeah, really yeah. Great. I, I was Excellent. really surprised at how much I love the family oh yeah the family dynamic is fantastic Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well and then he's got well so it's basically static shock but he's grown up uh, because it's the same exact plot where it's like gangs are running a high school except instead of one of the high schoolers getting powers it is just the principal will kick everyone's ass yeah and it's amazing because what other principal wears immaculately tailored three-piece suits and (laughs) is jacked as hell Right. Uh, so that's half a pick because black lightning is great but i'm not caught up enough to to sell yeah. it as hard as you guys sure sure, sure, sure. yeah
1: I'll I'll say this yeah. this most recent episode was a little bit of a mess mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there is a scene that's basically Jill Scott doing the scene where Tywin Lannister carves up a deer while dressing Ooh. down oh, Jamie oh, Lannister yes. um only it's not a deer and that alone made this episode worth watching it's <laughs> like it's oh, a wow. little muddled but that scene right. like right. Oh, right. Yom, yom,
2: yom, yom. oh before <laughs> we leave black lightning we should give a h- how is James Remar afterwards as, like, his Alfred. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Good. I, I mean, yeah. I like James Remar. I
0: mean, it's just like, why is this white guy in a basement making all this stuff? You're like, eh, yeah. ah, don't ask It's have just questions. what he does. It's yeah. a little
1: absurd. He'll say yeah. things, like, he just, you're like, why, why is this your hobby? Yeah, every time yeah. he shows
0: up, he's like, I thought you were out of the hero in business. And we're like, what are we what do we do? <laughs> little... There are there it's are some kinks. Yeah. There are some yeah, kinks.
1: Yeah. The show is still working out. But yeah, yeah. The highs are way higher than the lows. So yeah, yeah. And
0: number two is The Alienist, which is like half good and half trash. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's it is an accurate description. Absolutely uh-huh. one of the most gorgeous dramas on TV mm-hmm. because it is mm-hmm. hardcore a period piece at the turn of the century, eighteen to nineteen hundreds. And it is Set in like New York City when it is becoming the New York City that we know today. Like mm. there are buildings that are still there right now, but it's nothing like it is now. And so seeing that history built into it in the context of a serial killer hunting show uh-huh. is awesome. And then the serial killer hunting show sucks. It's terrible <laughs> because they they discard all of that history where they say, oh, we're just learning about psychological techniques and all this, uh, you know.
2: That mind hunter stuff. For, right. Forensic yeah.
0: psychology we have all that and it's new now but we're not going to explain why it's new or how we got there we're just going to be like ah oh, this new technique we're going to use and it's like oh really? so it's just criminal minds but you're all in costumes yes. so
1: i reviewed this for ebert and when and when that was happening i just got the first yeah we got the three? first i got the first 3 as well cuz yeah. i reviewed it too mm-hmm. yeah and um and i, I totally agree with your yeah. assessment i think i as a part of this, I'm one of those assholes that thinks like, man, if I'm going to write about an adaptation, I absolutely have to read the
0: book. I read the book too. Yeah. Yay! So I think nice, nice. I
1: think that there is a chance that once they're done being really excited that they're using this cutting edge mm-hmm. technique of fingerprinting, mm-hmm. I like they go like, out of their way Xenophrine to be, like xenophreniomenology. Like they have like fucking
0: crazy. The courts are
1: never going to admit this because it's too newfangled. Only some South Americans did this once to prove a crime, and I'm like, once they're like. Really feeling that I think there's a chance it'll get better because uh-huh. the book is not going to blow your mind, but yeah. it really picks is up terrible. steam. It's, uh-huh. it's yes, the middle absolutely. of the book is great, but the middle, it, like it, really picks up steam and becomes super interesting. Um, and I think that. They've made some changes that'll make that even better. In particular, the character that Daniel Evans is playing, who I like on the show.
0: Luke Evans? Yes, sorry. Thank
1: you. Who's Daniel? Daniel Brühl. Luke yeah. Evans. Daniel think, Brühl's having a year.
0: I think between. both of them are very good on yes. the show. Yeah, Because both of them are the softest like investigating boys. Because most are they t- Sin t- Mineral boys? Most, <laughs> most TV detectives are... Hard, hardcore. Like we're gonna fucking find this criminal. And these guys are kind of scared, mm-hmm. and they don't really want to do this, and they don't want to fight anybody, <laughs> and they're kind of scared about going out after night. And they, you know, they just want to look in some books and have a good time.
2: <laughs> they're just some large yeah. adult sons. That's a great, yeah. that's great.
1: Um, the big change that they made with Luke Evans' character from the book is that he's an illustrator yeah. rather than a journalist, uh, okay. which I think is like a
2: huge it's
1: improvement. Crazy. Uh-huh. It's just it. it if there were also a writer on the show, it would just oh be too much. I don't know um, why that's the place that the aliens alienist decided it was going to exercise restraint because it exercises it literally nowhere else. Right. But that here's moment, our co-
0: tag team comedy Jew duo, like whoa, what? Yeah, totally.
1: And here's, here's a completely unnecessary scene of, of one half of that comedy Jew duo just fucking a socialist. Fucking like,
0: like, yeah, wow. he, he goes ah. to a socialism meeting <laughs> just to meet this girl, and that's it is right. and
1: it means nothing. Like, there's it means <laughs>
0: nothing. fantastic. It's the best scene in the whole series <laughs> that's <crazy>. great <laughs>
1: um what i'm Some hoping is that um the in addition to getting tired of telling us how newfangled mm-hmm. all their technologies are yeah. that they also get tired of telling us how independent dakota fanning oh, is she's okay. so bad on she's, this show. And, and i don't think it's her fault really no, she's just I given mean, like patently when you are directed, absurd dialogue yeah. it's just well we ugh. are in
2: an l phase right now <laughs> Yeah. We anyway, sort of seem to vacillate between the two. I'm hoping
1: that's an interesting character in the books, and I'm hoping that she's they... a character in the books. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping that they pull back on the reins a little, being like, ooh, she's independent.
2: She doesn't like
0: ooh. wearing her corset.
1: Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> and it's just let her be tight. a person.
2: We, we, <laughs> we had that moment in 2003. You know right. what's Caribbean. interesting? Uh, but
0: Keira Knightley doesn't smoke a cigarette afterwards. Oh, shit. I
1: learned from... Um, a friend who is a lingerie blogger. Cool. Wow. com. I think, is her website. Right. Anyway, look her up. I think I'm She's great. I
0: read a lot of Racks.com, so okay. I feel like you I pre- might have been you may sent have that stumbled, way before. You uh. may have stumbled
1: across her. She's great. Um, but she came on the um, on Podlander Drunk Cast and Outlander Podcast to talk about costuming and specifically period-specific lingerie, which is something, because of all the fucking, you mm-hmm. see quite a lot of on the show. Uh, mostly a lot of chefs. I'm um,
0: not sure what that is.
1: Sh- shifts, but with a Scottish accent. Ah. Um, basically large cotton burlap sacks. Great. Uh-huh. So yeah. Anyway, um, she said the, her biggest pet peeve in period costuming is that everyone is always like oh corsets they are so restrictive this is a symbol of the patriarchy when in reality the function of corsets was to give your body a break from holding up your skirts so that your skirts weren't constantly digging into your hips so Mm -hmm. certainly there's a there's corsetry that's about restricting your waist and about making sure you have a tiny waist mm-hmm. but the actual function of a corset is to make it so that wearing a heavy skirt isn't painful oh, so this is enge- <laughs> this is engineering
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. totally Yeah, right. I mean
1: it's probably a little of both yeah. but that Six was their primary I mean, function right. so in something like say the live action Beauty and the Beast when it's all like <laughs> ooh she's not wearing a corset we're doing a contemporary adaptation that's why the costume looks, looks so, so shiny because they had to make sure that the skirt was made of basically nothing because the dress literally wouldn't work mm-hmm. so if anyway. she were a course
0: in the live action beauty of the beast she would disappear yeah into a wormhole totally
1: <laughs> fold in on herself
2: right.
1: it would be like, like when they turned janet star. into a marble yes be like that.
0: exactly <laughs> so i mean i'm
2: looking forward to watching the show and also looking forward to the inevitable mentalist crossover uh with the alienist, <laughs> cool.
1: so should we move
2: on to? Let's move on. R- uh, rebot report.
1: So we're going to be alternating. Um, if this is if th- if you've been listening to the show for a long time, yeah. meaning <laughs> right. what, like two weeks, two and a half weeks, yeah, um, you will know that. Uh, we last week did uh, last week, this week, where we talk about late night. But this week we're going to do another segment that we're going to be rotating in where we talk about reboots. <gasps> we're calling it Reboot Report because we are great at naming things. I love naming like, things. Like fucking great at naming things.
2: Yes. Reboot Report will probably take two different forms. Uh, if there's an actual reboot out, we'll talk about it, which is what we're talking about this week. Um, but sometimes we'll hear rumors that they're going to reboot something or We can even just think about, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if they rebooted this? And we try to figure out what it is. That's the more fun one that we're not going to do this week. Uh, This week we're going to talk about an actual reboot that actually happened uh, that just came out on Netflix a couple days ago. Queer Eye. Queer Eye for the straight guys uh, back, everybody. But it's not just for straight guys. It's for closeted gay guys. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Um, There's a different Fab Five. It's all set in Georgia. All eight episodes are in Georgia. Like the
0: crazy ex-girlfriend joke. But it's actually all in Georgia. It is it is
2: actually all in Georgia. <laughs> they took the Midnight Train to Georgia. They're just doing their thing. They're just like making over people. But there's an added element of it that is very interesting because it's in 2017. Well, probably filmed in 2017. Trump's president. There's going to be some weird social commentary peppered in amongst all the makeover stuff. It's never too serious because it's still a makeover show through and through. But they sort of try to use fashion and makeover and design and stuff as like a means to like
0: bridge our cultural divide a little bit there is one member of the Fab Five who is hoisted with that's probably not the right word he has to hoist let's do that he has to hoist all of the like bridge making political discussions where it's like okay so you're gay and you're black and I need you to talk to that guy over there because he hates everything that you are Yeah, and so he has these crazy conversations with all of these Georgians these like old white Kinda racist Georgians. Yeah. And they all come to understandings because they sat down with somebody and talked to them.
2: Right, right. Um, so let's break down the new fab five. So there's Karamo, who is the guy you mentioned before. I he's the love culture. Karamo. Karamo's great. He's the culture guy, quote unquote, but he's mostly just kind of the the subject's therapist slash life coach. He's wild guy. Yeah, slash woke coach mm-hmm. a little bit. And then there's uh, Jonathan, who's uh, my favorite because I recognize him from other things. Uh, he is the host of the Game of Thrones recap show on Fun Your Die, Gay of Thrones. Um, and so he's the guy with the, as he calls it, Beyonce hair that he keeps switching back and forth. He is the loudest one. He is my least
0: favorite. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he is very extra. Uh, and then there's Tan, who is a, a, a Pakistani fashion designer guy. He always has like that plume of salt and pepper hair and then there's great hair it's it's pretty great hair hair. what's his name is it barry bobby 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 who's the design guy he's Super cool. He's he's super cool. He kind of strikes me as like a John Early character a little bit, but he, he he's cool. And then there's Anthony, who's the guy that <laughs> kind of he's he's like we mentioned before recording. He's very intense. He's the food guy. He's the guy mm-hmm. who's gonna teach you a really easy recipe that is actually just kind of complicated. And you, you know they won't make it. Afterwards. He's the one they
0: put in for uh, a straight passing guy. Yeah, he's like he's the one. He's the one who the in conversation says, you know. I don't like to have my sexuality be at the forefront of my personality. And you go, all right, Anthony, your name is Anthony.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, all five of them together, instead of the old show where they spent, like, a day or a day with the subject, mm-hmm. they get a whole week, I think. And then they – so there's more of an effort in this new show to, like, really dig into, like, the hangups that keep these people from being their fabulous selves. Well,
0: it's a lot more like what not to wear.
2: A little bit, because yeah. Because they
0: bring you in to see this person before kind of they, – they do, like, a before diagnosis. And then yeah. they kind of address all of these different problems from these five different uh, angles, basically. Yeah. And it's a much more empathetic show than the original Queer for the Straight Guys. It's
2: less judgy, which maybe is the right way to go in a post-Trump America. I think so. I, yeah. mean, I
0: enjoyed the show yeah. phenomenally. I think it's great.
2: I'm enjoying it as well. I've watched the first, like, five episodes. And there were, like, two episodes in particular that stand out to me. Well, I guess three, technically, because the very first one I actually really, really like. It's a good baseline for the show. Their subject is Tom. It's this guy in his late 50s the classic redneck who wears jorts all the time as a big old like ZZ Top. Yeah, he looks like a Duck Dynasty guy. Yeah, he's a Duck Dynasty guy. They don't dive into his political affiliations. That's a different episode. But he he seems like the kind of person who would have voted for Trump. So there's always that undercurrent that they sort of skate past because they're like, I know if we talk about this, conversation will shut down as it is like they are able to have a decent rapport he has a fun personality he just needs to like he's He's great he's a happy he's a happy he's a happy go lucky dude and um all of the episodes are also framed around like a big event that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. like it's either like oh a car show or a launch party
0: app debut yeah. yeah an app debut they're preparing these people for something it's right. not like There's an pro- end goal. Right. Yeah. It's like a debutante thing.
2: Right. In yeah, it's it's kind of pygmalion in that respect. So you get those wonderful moments. You get the standard makeover moments, but then you start to dig into like, oh, why do they not care about what they look like? What do they do? And so like for Tom, it's he has this, he, these incredible hangups about his ex-wife. Like he's just hanging on to all the stuff that his
0: ex-wife gave him. And that uh, seemed like the most fucked up thing. In five episodes that I saw. Yeah. They... They're like, oh, so Tom, like, how many times have you been married? He's like, I had three ex-wives. And they're like, oh, wow, like that sucks. And he's like, I love my last ex-wife. And they're like, oh, you should ask her to this car show. You're like, whoa, dude, you don't know what their relationship is like. Right. Are you crazy? The way they frame it is that they
2: still hang out all the time. It's still fucked up. But it's still still really fucked up. It's still weird. But the real, but there are like two episodes that go beyond the formula a little bit. And there's the episode three, the one we were talking Mm -hmm. about, one one with Corey, the one who they like, Karamo finds his MAGA hat and puts it on, which is fascinating. Early on, it's very clearly a stage scene, but all of this is stage, so you kind of have to lean into it, where they get pulled over, and he doesn't have his license. and uh, But it all turns out to just be like a, a ruse for like, it's a fake out for the cameras, but I guess the what they, what they ask you to buy into, at least for the premise, is that Karamo's still like freaked out about it, like instinctually, like his body language changes and everything, and he sort of has to unpack that with the subject, who is an ex-cop, um, trying to bridge like the Black
0: Lives Matter divide. I think he's just a cop. Uh, is he? I thought he has he was a cop stuck. car in his driveway. I don't think you just get that when you retire. Oh really? Are it's we, not like we're a...
1: talking about that actual yeah, subject. Yeah. one, so yeah. he yes, watched. he's yeah. a cop. He is a cop.
2: I, I think, yeah. Oh, I was thinking he's an ex-marine. They were, cop, they were both yeah. marines yeah gotcha yeah the the episode sort of culminates everything else around the episode is the standard kind of like oh let's shave off your mustache right. let's give you hair gel but um then it culminates that earlier scene sort of pays off in this long conversation that where you just like sit down Caramo and this cop who voted for trump in a car in a traffic jam for three hours and they just kind of like hash out it doesn't like turn animated or anything but it's still like a here's my perspective oh here's man my perspective. yeah it is
0: yeah. uncomfortable because yeah. there are like very small give and take back and forth about yeah. like the the cop just says like yeah i listened to a lot of rap in high school and Karama's was like oh, fuck all right dude yeah he's well, like, you, I he, listen to he plays thugs. along with it though he's, he's like, like oh we would have hung out in high he's school like, no, no, i listened to both thugs and harmonies like yeah, we'll probably be friends.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, that's, I guess that's also part of his his appeal, right? His chemistry is that he, he just, he finds the things to latch on to, to, like, mm. ingratiate himself towards this person, because he knows he has to be approachable, right. because
0: well, cause of the format of the but show. there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of um, compromise yeah, at yeah. the end of that conversation, which is more than any other show I've seen. It, it's true, I guess,
2: and it... You know, it sort of raises questions about, like, to what extent in having those conversations – to what extent are those conversations valuable Mm -hmm. and to what extent do we have to, like, allow the both sides canard in order to, like, Mm -hmm. at least make the other person feel like they're being listened
0: to? Because they pull out the bad apples argument and stuff like that. Well, one of the most interesting and, I think, important things that Queer Eye in the new season has done is that in the very first episode with Tom, the old guy with lupus Mm – He's a super great guy. He's super nice to all these five crazy gay men that invade his I life. I never hung with gay guys before, right. but they were great. And yeah. so they're on their way to something and he's asking about if any of them are married. He's like, "Oh, I know Tan has been married for however long is it? Are mm-hmm. you married?" And Bobby says, "Yeah, I'm married." And he's like, "Oh, cool. Are you the husband or the wife?" Yes, yeah, right. And then Bobby's like, "Excuse me? Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a misconception." And then like has a very serious mm-hmm. yet like understanding conversation with him about like That's not how we view these things. And while there's masculine and feminine parts of all of us, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not defining who we are. And that doesn't certainly define our relationship. And Tom, like, nods his head. He's like, oh, all right. Yeah, sorry about that. And you're like, oh,
2: this guy's absolutely
0: never, ever, ever met somebody like this that he could have this conversation with.
2: Right. And so I guess that gives me a glimmer of hope that, like, a lot of times it's – I grew up in downstate Illinois. So,
0: like, a lot of these people feel
2: very similar to me right exactly so like so this feels very approachable and sort of it gives me hope that like i can have conversations with people about like oh no this is like these are misconceptions and here's why in a way that doesn't alienate them but if you
1: want to have those conversations i suggest you travel around with a camera crew yeah and the promise of being on television see what happens i'm I'm, I'm
2: sure i'm sure i mean that's the thing like we know it's all staged and stuff but I, but i will say the best episode for me is uh, is episode four, where it's actually about the gay guy who's still in the closet, but, but he's like a secret leather daddy too. But like, Um, I don't know, but he still sort of just has these hang-ups about um, not telling his dad about the fact that he was gay before his dad died. And so it all becomes, it all frames itself around this cocktail party they're going to throw at the end of the week where he's going to tell his stepmom, who he doesn't think is going to understand, that he's gay. The whole, like, letter thing, it feels really, it feels really stagey, but, like, the scene itself feels, I mean, it... The, the the emotions do feel kind of raw and real. I like, think
0: after you binge like four episodes leading up to it, you're ready mm. for anything, and you're like, I buy all of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, no, exactly. you're no longer thinking of of it in terms of structure and of filmmaking, and you're more just like, okay. Yeah. After I saw the staginess of the first couple, and this one had such raw emotions, I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. I know there's a camera guy right fucking there, but
2: this guy's like, sobbing. This
0: guy is really crying. Yeah.
2: Like, it's maybe the best case for justifying queer eyes existence now queer has a different definition now than it did when it was just like and it's still five relatively well put together gay guys um, from the city you know so it's not it doesn't really like celebrate that broad spectrum of of queer that it probably should but at least it's it's exploring other subjects than just uptight straight dudes you get to pepper in in amongst like the fashion porn and and all that stuff and the HGTV kind of stuff um, conversations about masculinity and femininity and, and the roles that those have in both straight and gay communities. And it's a super disposable show, but I have a lot of fun watching it and I appreciate them trying to like up the scope of it, the if elevating that makes sense. the makeover form, yeah, a fantastic. little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I won't compromise. It's not a throwaway right. show. It's great.
2: Um, so we've been talking a lot about this, but we haven't heard from you, Alison. I know you watched like a, f- a little bit of the. Episode, I got about twenty episode. minutes. Like, in. What, what were your? Um,
1: so I'm I'm not a makeover show person. Yeah. I Just there's, it's not for any reason other than that. It's just not my bag, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. I'm not. I'm also not a say yes to the dress person. Uh-huh. Like, if I'm watching a reality show, I like. Some sort of uh, watch people do something amazing mm-hmm. component, Aww. you know, like, like your competition. Yeah, not necessarily, but mm. mostly, yeah, you know, your um, Project Runway is sure. uh, mm-hmm. your Top Chefs stuff like that. So it's I'm admittedly not really the target in that way, uh-huh. um, but I found that whole scene with the the staged cop car incredibly cynical and off putting. I also thought I also <sighs> found it off putting. It was yeah, really. Yeah. Um, It it felt like incredibly manipulative Mm -hmm. and um, not in an effective way. Granted, Mm -hmm. I didn't make it to the conversation you're talking about. So if that was the setup for this later event, then maybe it's worth it. But I just Mm. I'd like it's not a it's It's, for for me that's not material for like hmm he, Let's set up a really funny gotcha, mm. and then the guy in the back going, "Oh no, I thought I was gonna have to go back to Canada." I was like, "This is not funny. Like, mm. this is not funny. It's it's not a funny bit." Oh, ha, ha. Yeah. The black guy is getting pulled over while he's driving is not a minefield for jokes for me. Like, it just didn't. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna take a positive spin. Okay, I'm gonna use sure, this sure. as an opportunity to to suggest that everybody check out "I Love You, America," Sarah Silverman's show on yeah. Hulu, which does something a little bit similar. Uh, it's not always effective, and sometimes I find it kind of similarly off-putting, where it feels like, oh, we're all just people on the inside. Let's ignore <laughs> Like, it's the, it's the goal is the same. Mm-hmm. But as opposed to, oh, let's fix your basement. It's let's have a difficult conversation, but I'm a comedian, and I'm going to make sure you feel really comfortable, and then I'm going to ask you your thoughts on gay marriage, and I'm going to push back, but I'm going to push back while I'm smiling, and I'm jovial, and we'll just uh-huh. see what happens.
0: Bad people in cars getting coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. basically.
1: Also, I'll use it as a chance to plug Two Dope Queens, Mm -hmm. which uh, it's two episodes in now. I watched Friday's episode last night, which was Friday, but I watched it. um, Yeah. And they did some interesting things there where Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams were basically teaching Sarah Jessica Parker about black hair. And then Rhea Butcher came out and did a set, talked about getting in a lift and immediately being addressed as sir and deciding to not push it and just talk and wait for him to figure out that, you know, she's not Male in the Mm -hmm. biological sense, and it never happened. So she just Mm -hmm. did an entire car ride where the person thought that she was a sir, and she was continually referred to as sir, and has a Mm -hmm. joke where she says, Oh, real quick, can you pull over so I can apply for a job? And it made me laugh really hard. (laughs) And I just think there are more interesting conversations happening about race and the gender binary. Um, out there. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, like this is not the be all end all. But I did not watch four to six episodes. Whatever you guys watched, I will absolutely give it another try because strong endorsements like this are why I love talking about television.
2: Try four. Try episode four. Cool. If it's not your thing, but
1: that. When they got pulled over, I was like, "What? There are there are cameras they outside do. the car." Don't yeah. yeah. any
2: more stunts like that.
1: Okay, yeah, that's cool. the only
2: time that. God, happens. it
1: really. I was but, sitting in the back of a lift on my yeah. way here, going, "The what the fuck."
2: Yeah. What? I can no. completely see if that's your first impression that how that would leave a really bad taste in Well, your and mouth. also, yeah. there's
1: no way that he didn't have his ID on him. Of course he did. He had mm-hmm. his wallet in his pocket, or it didn't matter because the road was closed for shooting. Those are the two, like, there are, d- <laughs> the, like, there's no, n- 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 nope, not at all. Not okay. Uh-huh. He asked him to get out of the car, and everyone was pretending to be nervous. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this so much. Why?
0: Yeah, the what? Pakistani dude in the back is like, oh, man. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm like, there's a black dude driving, dude? Don't make this about you. Are you crazy? (sighs) Yeah. Anyway. Do you know um, know, why Pakistani people get killed in Georgia? Yeah. Not as many. (laughs) But, yeah.
1: It was not awesome. So not for me, but I will give it another go. Mm -hmm. um, And I'll just be chilling over here waiting for that Murphy Brown reboot to roll out. Sounds good. We are back, and now we're going to talk about some overly specific things in Overly Specific Thing of the Week. Again, we're great with the names. Yes. In this segment, we all pick something that's overly specific that we liked on TV. It's pretty much just an excuse to talk about another show. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes there's something really great and something that's just okay, and that's cool too. So, Clint, what is your overly specific thing of the week?
2: Sure. I'm calling mine the Freelance Flashback of the Week uh, because, like I said before, I was looking forward to Blackish coming back for the first time, I think sense Gronish premiered and its first episode back uh was an episode about rainbow getting used to life being a stay-at-home mom and everything because she just quit her job and uh seeing the ways those rhythms change for the family and seeing andre's reaction to that because now he's the only one going to work every day and it actually like gave me weird flashbacks of the frustration one partner feels when the other gets to sleep in because I'm the rainbow in this situation now. My fiance, Julia, she has to get up really early to go downtown and everything. So the whole morning routine is very, very similar. There's an entire scene where Andre is very frustrated that uh, Rainbow won't get up because it's almost seven in the morning and she usually gets up at four thirty and gets everything ready. And so he's just stomping around the bed loudly while running his toothbrush and his electric razor, trying to wake her up, and just out of just this impotent frustration that like now he's the one who has to get up and get everything done. I was like, I found that really relatable for some reason. I guess on the other side, so that was for some reason that was something that really worked and it was a it was a fun episode in general.
1: Good old Blackish. Yeah. Black-ish. I'm not up to date. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, what about you, Jake?
0: Uh, so I called mine the Super Bowl Tide commercial <laughs> of the week because uh, out of all the commercials and all of the commercial gambits that w- went over on the, on the Super Bowl, Tide hired David Harbour to do all of these meta commercials where they would – initially show up as a commercial that looked like something different for like a... It's a Corona. There's a bunch of friends on a beach having a beer. And then David Harwood would bust in and be like, nope, it's a dad. Look at all their clean clothes with no stains. Every commercial <laughs> is a tie dad. And so there were like seven or eight of these things the over the course. The Old Spice one was good too. <laughs> the Old Spice one was fantastic, but it is not my winner. My winner is there is a, an old lady playing tennis and she like kind of hurts her back. Nope. David Harbour is there and he is spiking tennis balls and he is beating these old fools. Everybody's in their their tennis whites. And then he's walking. (laughs) He's walking back with them kind of laughing after having just like the menace of every hype, like high masculine tennis player, just like fucking crazy eyes. He's just joking with all of them as they read potential side effects of using Tide. <laughs> and It is fantastic. I laughed uh, more than any other Super Bowl
2: commercial. I love how much of a moment David Harbor having right now. Like from that, and like all of the weird Twitter dares he's doing, where he's like, "If I get enough followers, I'll like go to this, go with this person to prom or whatever." He's just uh, he's just, just living his a, life, having a good time. Those yeah.
1: senior photos were just a delay. <laughs> They're great. They yeah. I love it when somebody has a break where they like where they were already doing it's not like David Harbour wasn't working right like he was doing some good things he just wrapped on Hellboy totally but like then stranger things happen and all of a sudden he's huge and he's everywhere and when somebody has a break like that and the way they choose to use it is to just live their best life yeah. to like <laughs> it's like just so great be delighted all the time it's incredibly appealing and yeah. i just it's he, watching him have fun is really fun yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: every interview he does is like i'm glad i don't have to do plays just to eat anymore and i'm like i like to do plays but I get to eat whenever I want. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <great." laughs> uh,
1: so I am going to cheat and do two kind of because um, I, I couldn't go let this episode go by without talking about um, this week's terrific Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but there was also a hell of a performance this week. So I'm going to start with Crazy Ex, uh, and my pick for that is the fuck ton of cats of the week. Um, I encourage you, if you watch this week's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, to go online and find the explicit version of the buttload of cats, mm. um, which is fuck ton of cats it made me <laughs> laugh so hard um the cat puppets are great one of those cat puppets is puppeted puppeteered brought to life <laughs> yeah um, animated by uh ben simon who is grocery clerk with half an eyelid. and it's a fun fact ah. um Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has a bunch of different modes in which it does these songs. This week's episode Trend has uh, three, I think, really fun musical numbers in very different corners. But this is just one of those Crazy Ex-Girlfriend earworms that's Got, like, a little social commentary in it, a little yeah. meta commentary, a lot of visual flair, and a great performance from Rachel Bloom and her backup dancers, one of whom, Heather, played by Vella Lavelle, is hugely pregnant on the show, so she's doing all this choreography <laughs> with, like, this giant pregnancy belly. It's um, it's just a delight. Uh, it also does one of my favorite Crazy X things, where it makes a joke by just repeating words. In this case, we read that article in The Atlantic, And then we peed on The Atlantic. Atlantic. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh really hard. Uh, My second pick is Guy Who Had a Great Week of the Week. Um, Cody Fern, who, if you are not watching American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, it has its ups and downs, but God, that's a hell of a cast, including some incredible performances, most notably Darren Criss. Um, But Cody Fern, who had very few credits on his resume prior to Versace, mostly stage is just doing a great job. This is his first big episode. It's called House on the Lake, House by the Lake, one of the two. And it's almost a two-hander. The majority of the episode is just Cody Fern's character and Darren Chris um, as Andrew Cunanan just, like, talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to spoil anything. They're mobile, and it's there's a, a very upsetting early scene that sort of sets the tone. Um, but his performance is just extraordinary. And on that show, frankly, to make an impression opposite what Darren Chris is doing is a hell of an accomplishment. So he's great there. And Netflix, I think w- wisely, I have to imagine this was deliberate, chose to wait until this week when he had that great episode to announce that he's joining the cast of House of Cards. Oh, um, yeah. So da- Cody Fern playing David on American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, had a hell of a week.
0: Yeah. So now we're doing next week on TV Party. We're going to talk about what we're excited about. Next week, mm-hmm. what's coming up? Uh, we have our consensus pick, yes. Yeah, speaking uh, of crazy ex girlfriend and great crazy ex girlfriend songs, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The finale is coming up next week, All
1: right? Oh, uh, god, and there is a great song in it. The episode title is Nathaniel is Irrelevant with a period at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes places you would not expect. Great, great performances. I'm so excited to talk about it. We will also. Um, not long after that, be running an episode where all we're talking about is the music of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So if you (laughs) liked hearing me say fuck ton of cats or maybe fuck ton of cats just to get some more rococo fuck palace of cats. Yes. uh, get ready because there are a lot. Uh, there are a lot more vulgarities in the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend canon that we're going to get to talk about. Thank God. Um, and I'm really excited. We'll generalize about some men. Mm-hmm. We'll perhaps we'll have zoo. some intercourse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we will um, be angry, mad. I love that one. Yes. <laughs> we yes. will be having a few people, people over. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We
0: will give good parents. We will yeah. give
1: great parents. We will have a jap battle. We will settle for me. I don't know. And then yeah. we'll
0: get we'll get our asses out of your house. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: oh that was so well
1: done. Good.
0: Closure. Um yes. so we'll be
1: talking about the Crazy X finale and then a few days later be releasing an episode just about the music of Crazy X girlfriend, which I'm very excited about. But what mm. else are we excited about this week, Clint? What are you looking forward to?
2: our secret favorite show, Legends of Tomorrow, is coming back. It's, it's, no th- it's no secret. We're We're open about our love for that stupid, stupid show. Uh, everyone's favorite Time Idiots are back, are coming back. John Constantine is there now. We're gonna be solving some sort of spooky mystery. Resident homeless tips. man, John Constantine. Yes. <laughs> TV, yes. TV's
0: homeless wanderer. Yeah. The nomad, John Constantine.
2: <laughs> Check out his single season on CW Seed. Yeah, he's, I, I don't know if he's, if it's just a guest spot or if he's joining the cast, but I don't care. It's any Constantine. just a guest spot. It's just a guest spot. Because they're we now have confirmed that wally is going to join yeah, the wally west crew. yeah
1: yeah he's to racing over from the flash where they had no fucking idea what to do with him to yeah. join the cast of legends of tomorrow which i'm super excited about. yeah
2: yeah yeah they'll have to do the same thing that they did with firestorm though is, which is contrive ways to like not have him use his flash powers because like that's that's the problem with like having a a super group of superheroes on a show is like One, there's going to be one overpowered guy who could just like fix everything.
1: Well, they have a little something with him in that Wally never quite figured out how to use some of his abilities in the way that Barry did. So he's got like a little. There's already a little something, but yeah, okay. it's not like he can be racing around the wave rider without, yeah, potentially doing some damage. But I'm so. really
2: curious as to the dynamic he's going to have with the rest of the the crew of the crew of misfits and mm-hmm. outcasts. Well, yep. I'm s- sorry, I'm not supposed to. Are call you them talking them. about
0: the legends? Yes, the legends <laughs> of tomorrow. <I'm> Indeed, <laughs> they're not misfits. <laughs> they're going down in history. history. Yes. oral history. I imagine uh, this oral history. The yes, CW yes. has
1: been running this ad where what it says on the on the like placards is. Mondays will be legendary. And it makes me think, fittingly, of a particularly great read from season three of RuPaul's Drag Race, where (laughs) (laughs) where fan favorite Jujubee is looking at Another queen and says, you are always talking about how you're legendary. Legendary? More like leg and dairy. Whoa! And, then the <laughs> and, and it made me laugh so hard. So every time it says, Mondays will be legendary. Legendary? More like leg and dairy.
0: Man, that's amazing. Yeah. I was also uh, watching a lot of CW commercials because uh, yeah. I was binging Crazy Ex-Girlfriend last night, and in every commercial break in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they had... Three Dynasty commercials. Oh yes,
2: in a row. Do you watch them like on the app? Yeah, yeah. I watched on the
0: app, and it was just like. Some dynasty. guy putting diamonds in a glass of wine. Dynasty. <laughs> Some guy using champagne as Windex. Dynasty. And I'm like, what? They're going to say Alan Dynasty Dale, sir. My
1: favorite one that I've seen recently, God, because they're really- They're the, laying the on. CW wants us to save Dynasty. I'm not yeah, sure anybody want else to wants to save Dynasty. Yeah. They definitely want us to say Dynasty. Dynasty. Um, my favorite dynasty. one is, because wh- I don't watch this show, one character is like laying another character on a desk to bone, right? And he looks down at her and says- Maybe one day we'll have our own dynasty. Dynasty! Fuck
0: yes. (laughs) Uh, When they shaved a... Bar of gold like cheese over over like some dish and I was just, dynasty dynasty yeah oh god it's Hard so
1: beautiful pass. if they had
0: Scrooge McDuck jumping into a vault of coins and then D- yeah. dynasty I'd be like it, oh yeah
2: you know it's it's the marathon of mini commercials that make it <laughs> like there's gonna
1: they, be that shot of the fucking Bond villain in the treasury holding the the page of dollar bills with his wife dynasty dynasty, dynasty.
2: Oh, the military parade you were too dynasty. late John McClane dynasty oh no. <laughs> Oh god! Uh, The Riverdale commercials are like that too. Where there's always just like some, but they are sexy. Yeah, it's true. Like I I I don't know. I don't watch
0: Riverdale, but I saw those commercials. Like this show's just about fucking. Like what's going on?
2: yep uh, there. One, a friend of mine has a Riverdale po- podcast that is just called Sex Archie yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. understandable right right um, Allison what's your
1: I so I'm going to be watching the Olympics because again figure skating but I'm particularly excited about something going on in my life which it makes <sighs> me give me a chance to cross promote yeah, yeah, yeah nailed what? it I'm, I would ace that RuPaul self-marketing challenge <laughs> <laughs> I am about to make my very first foray into the world of classic Who Yay. which I'm excited about so on debating Doctor Who one of the other podcasts I'm on on, uh, Alistair Wilkins, we were texting about what the fuck we were going to talk about this week because mm-hmm. we've already exhausted, like, let's do all of Chibnall. Let's pick the greatest of Capaldi. Let's look at just regeneration stories. Let's do just mm-hmm. waiting. And then we've uh, it's a long, dry spell. Mm-hmm. In the world of Outlander, they call it Droughtlander. I don't think there's a Doctor Who <laughs> equivalent. So we'll just yeah, call the it void. like... Oh no, that's too janity. Uh, so. Um yeah, it's this is a fixed point in time. Yes. Yeah, it's a very long fixed point. Anyway, mm. so he suggested, hey, let's do your let's do your very first classic who episode. So I don't even know which one I'm watching yet. He hasn't sent it to me, but I'm really excited. He's picking and I'm just letting him choose because I don't know I don't fucking know. If I can know. Mm. Right? Like it's it's gonna be right, great. Right. So I'm excited about that. Between that and the figure skating, it's gonna be nice. a great week for me.
0: <laughs> Especially if it's a figure skating serial of Dr. Uh,
1: sure at some point there were some figures getting
2: jacob what's your individual pick for next
0: well uh mine is a a kind of a sitcom called this close and it is a show on sundance now uh, created and starring two deaf comedians and it's basically like standard romantic comedy fair where like these just these people trying to deal with their relationships except the one caveat they're deaf it's a step in representation that we haven't seen on TV very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Driver had a little bit on in, in film when they had uh, Ansel Elgort's dad played by a, a deaf actor whose name I can't remember because I'm fucking shitty. But he is an actual deaf person who's speaking in sign language and mouthing words. Like, it's it's representation that that community doesn't get on TV because it is mm-hmm. such – it is a medium that does both audio and visual. And so they're like, oh, well, you can't do one of those. so We'll just cut that shit out, which – sucks and so mm-hmm. getting a whole show with that premise is is both really interesting and I think there's a lot of comic potential too mm-hmm.
1: so yeah also featuring one of what another deaf actor that I have seen on television and you don't see it all that often mm-hmm. Marley Matlin who is a great recurring character on the West Wing yeah in addition to being oh, great, great. On other yeah, things. she was on right. uh and she's on a bunch of law and order such too. pretty hair
0: <laughs> she was a fox when she was on law and order Man, she's probably yeah. still a
1: fox. I haven't seen a picture of her. But she's a beautiful woman with incredible hair. That's like, like Connie yeah. Britton level hair. That's <laughs> oh, it's shit. like yeah. great hair. It's also David Tennant, great hair. Yeah. This is a great hair podcast.
2: This is a, now a podcast about great hair. Yeah. Hair Sarah market. Jessica
1: Parker, great hair. Great hair. Hey, Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams, both of them, great hair.
2: Just top notch hair.
1: Yeah. I have it's, terrible hair. Rachel
2: oh, Bloom. Great y- hair.
0: Great hair, yeah.
1: Great hair. yeah. Rachel, great hair. Bouncy. Bouncy? Yeah. It's very bouncy. and <laughs> Champlin, great hair.
2: Great hair. Yeah,
0: yeah like okay. amazing this yeah. hair. This is now a, this is now sure a Donal- this test. Test. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean,
1: it really could be. Speaking of and Champlin, look this week for an interview with her to run on Consequence of Sounds. Hey! I'm super excited about it. She seems fantastic. She is a delight. Yeah. She's everything that you dreamed. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked about Outlander, so see it all comes Yay! full circle. If only I had talked to her about RuPaul's Drag Race this week. <laughs> oh, I mean. or, or about Dynasty.
0: You would have really hit all of your all your self marketing, yeah. Just like ding right, ding, right. ding
1: ding <laughs> ding. Clint, yeah, I did it. What is your discovery special title of the week?
2: All right, uh, I scoured <laughs> the internet, slash just futon critic, for finding crazy titles, and uh, this one is actually not on discovery, it is on oxygen, and it is a, an episode of a series called Mysteries and Scandals. Michael Jackson and Anna Nicole Smith, bad medicine. That's just the most exciting title I could find.
1: That's pretty exciting. <laughs> it is pretty Sad exciting. Title. I want to know. Sad title for real. I don't. Know,
2: I want to know what, whether their love is like bad medicine. That's a good, that's a good title. That's Literally all I have for that. It's a killer title. I it's mean, killer really title.
0: One two punch of those. the SEO on that title is really good. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just
2: just fucking chef kiss on that SEO. <laughs> if wonder if this is a format that has a limited shelf life.
1: Too bad you pitched it. I'm never gonna let it die. No. At a certain point, I you're wish- just gonna have to to start making stuff up.
2: I wish that freelancers had that problem. (laughs) It's like, I can't think of anything for this. Too
0: bad. You pitched it. It's forever. It's forever, (laughs) yes. Sorry, idiot. We can't just end a column. We have to give you $30 $30 a week.
1: Well, th- yeah. speaking of things that just can't end, this brings us to the end of this long <gasps> podcast. Well, we're going to edit sh-
0: out all the Olympic stuff, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah.
1: probably some of it. Nothing about the guy from Tonga. No,
0: I wouldn't no. think so. No, not at all.
1: Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at TVPartyCOS. You can find Consequence of Sound at ConsequenceofSound.net and on Facebook and other places. Um, and you can find the podcast itself on iTunes, on Stitcher, on mm-hmm. other places like that.
2: Indeed, TV Party is a production of the Consequence Podcast Network. Check out our expanding roster of music, film, and television podcast programming at consequencesound.net
1: I'm Allison Shoemaker. You can find me on Twitter at Allison Shoe, and where other fine podcasts are sold because I apparently do that a lot now.
2: We sell podcasts for money. I am, <laughs> we really don't. This no, we don't. No, no one. <laughs> No one gets paid for podcasts. But you can find me on Twitter at Alka Hollywood. You can also find my other two podcasts, Alka Hollywood and Nathan Rabin's Happy Cast, at AlkaHollywood.com and NathanRabin.com, respectively.
0: I'm Jacob Aller, and you can find me at Jacob Aller on Twitter. You can find me uh, basically every day on sci-fi breaking the news. You can find me at Pace Magazine uh, criticizing that TV all over the place reviewing movies. I'm going to be in Interview Magazine this next oh. week. Uh, I talked to Heather Graham. That's cool. Yeah, I yeah. saw that tweet. That's great. Which is pretty cool. She is a lovely person who mm. might be a little crazy. <laughs> cool. I, I look forward but to that. I think she is super smart. Yeah. Well,
1: nice. like super smart Heather Graham, this show is recorded and produced in Chicago, Illinois and recorded I about her. and engineered <laughs> by Clint Worthington. That's me. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jacob for being here. Thanks to my Lyft driver who got me here through a snowstorm. Thanks to Clint who's got foam all over this room. Thanks to the nice person at Dunkin' Donuts who stopped me before I left without my bagel. And thanks to you, specifically you, for being so utterly convinced to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Thank you. Thanks. Like, comment,
0: subscribe really helps us out. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> thanks. Thanks,
0: Logan Paul. Help us get those Dynasty plugs. Yes, Dynasty. Dynasty!